Hello, welcome to the Grace Apostolic Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you joined us. We hope this podcast serves as a tool that encourages you and helps you navigate through this journey called life. If you wouldn't mind, we would greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe and review this podcast channel. Your feedback matters, and we want to serve you to the best of our abilities. Thank you so much. Let's go to the Word. First John chapter 4, verse number 19 says, We love Him. Why? Because He first loved us. <clears throat> a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother. He is a liar, for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? In other words, we love our brothers because Christ first loved us. We do what we do because Jesus took initiative for us. And because Jesus started something for us when we were unlovable, that means we, in return, as an example for what he set for us, love people that are not always easy to love. But we love people because Christ first loved us, and he loved us in spite of our problems. In our life's hang-ups, habits, and issues, and things that we face. But he loved us despite, in spite of all that. And this commandment have we from him that we who loveth God loveth his brother also. Everyone also turning to the book of John chapter 15. Starting at verse number 12. This is my commandment that you love one another. How? As I have loved you. Remember, the Lord started it in us. He took the initiative, right? He loved us when we had nothing to give him back. And we ought to love each other, not as brothers and sisters, but as Christ loved. He set the pattern. So there's there's someone you say you can't love, someone you hold a grudge against, you're going against his commandment, and you're lost. Ouch. But it's true. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. So if, if you don't do what he commands, you're not his friend. I don't want to be in that not friend territory with God. It's not a good place to be. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servants knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Finally, verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, This wasn't your idea, but I have chosen you. He took the initiative and called us and ordained you that you should sit there idle and do nothing with what I've done for you. No, 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 no. That you should go and take your own initiative. That you should go and connect with the world and bring forth fruit. I didn't. He's saying, I didn't do all this for you, for you to sit there and say, oh, I'm saying glory to God for me and my family. But I did this for you because I expect there to come fruit from your life. And there ought to be some connections that you've made because the connection that I've made with you. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. That your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it 
to you. I want to talk to you for a little bit on the subject, initiating contact. Aren't you glad that the Lord initiated something in your life? You weren't looking for him, but he was looking for you, and he found you, and you, you simply said yes. Had he found you where he was and left you that way, you'd be lost today. But aren't you glad for a God that made the initial move on your life, and he sent someone your way that connected with you and told you something you needed to hear and loved you that much? Praise God for a God like that. Praise God for a God like that. Everyone say amen to the reading of the word. You may be seated. We need to remind ourselves of the theme of the church for this year. It should be the theme every year, but casting our nets again is the theme that we have for 2020 for our church. Simply casting out our nets, reaching for people that possibly we've never reached for before, casting our nets into other areas. Or two, which, which is... Um, which we're doing Celebrate Recovery, very excited about that. But also reaching areas that maybe you reached for people before and you've witnessed to people before, but you cast your nets out again under the direction of God and bring forth uh, the, the, the fish and the, the people that God gives us in our nets. Now, the Lord told us that he'll give us the power to become witnesses, right? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. He would give us the power through the Holy Ghost to give us the ability to be witnesses in our world. But with that power, he gave us as the church the responsibility to go to work in the field. Jesus Christ is not sending us a spirit and saying, sit right there, let me go to work in the field. But rather he sent his spirit for the church to get busy actively working in the field of soul winning and harvest reaping for the kingdom of God. We understand that. Now, it would be great if the fishermen, now we know the story, Jesus had cast out into the deep and let your, your nets out for, for a draft. It would be great as fishermen, if all the fishermen had to do was launch out into the deep, make a high-pitched whistle sound, and all the fish would jump in the boats. Man, this is great. Don't even need my fishing rod for this. This is some good fishing. Or every deer hunter just made a high pitch, and all the deer came to you. Wouldn't it be great if that was how easy it was? But Jesus gave us the example through his disciples in the scriptures of how soul winning works for us today. We know that he said, you know, he said, cast out your nets. You, I'm giving you the commandment. You have to cast out your nets. In other words, we have to initiate the process of catching the fish. In return, Jesus will bless what we've cast out for. No casting, no blessings in the net. Now, Jesus has all power over all nature. When he came along and told his men to cast out their nets, we know what he could have done. We, we know that he spoke the winds and the waves and said, peace be still. Because he's the Father incarnate, we know he could have spoke to, to his creation and could have showed a mighty miracle that day. He could have clapped his hands and said, boys, watch this. Clapped his hands and all these fish would have jumped out of the sea onto the beach at their feet. He could have done that. But that's not how he works. That wasn't his intention. 
The harvest would only come from his blessing on our efforts. He's saying, I'm not going to do this all by myself. I, I left a body in the earth. I left the, the, the world a church, and it's a church's responsibility to actively reach out into the harvest. And if you actively reach in the harvest, I will bless your efforts. It would be so simple if our work for the kingdom of God was simply building a building, slap a church sign on it, and then people would automatically flock to the church, trampling themselves, trying to get in the door because they're so excited about this new building with a church sign on it. But we know it doesn't work that way. There's plenty of room. I don't know what's wrong with the curtains over here, but you know, folks, there is plenty of room there. You don't have to alienate this fine couple over there all by themselves. We know people are not beating down the door simply because the church says grace apostolic on the building, right? Because we understand the fact of the matter is that the job of winning this world is so big that it must be a daily process. It is being sensitive every day to God's spirit and to, to have the understanding that I want to help as many people as I can on a daily basis, not just on Sundays. How much of us, how many of us focus our, our walk with God on Sunday experience? That we allow the Sunday to be our, 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 our all in all with God. Can I tell you this today? The church house, this building, and I am, I am going to be teaching on the importance of, of, of church attendance on Wednesday. But let me say this, the church house itself is only one tool, one tool that we have to reach the loss for Jesus Christ. Let me say this, people are going to love you before they care about what church you go to. If our model of soul winning is simply, if our, if our model of soul winning is simply saying this to people, come with me to church on Sunday. But guess what? It's only Wednesday. They just poured out their life to you. And you say, I've got an answer for you. Come to church with me on Sunday and God will bless you. Guess what? That means there's four days that they still have to live with their problem. And you're saying your problem can be answered, but you got to get to the church house on Sunday. Folks, we've already missed the moment that God can use us. Some people can't wait till Sunday to get over their problems. What you need to do right then, you need to initiate a moment of ministry right there because some people can't wait till Sunday, but you take that moment and you minister their needs at that moment in time. Because if you say come to church with me on Sunday, yes, we need to do that. But if that's your only way of helping people their problems, you've missed the reason that God gave you the Holy Ghost. Listen, coming to church on Sunday is not going to solve all their problems. What they need for you right there to be full of the Holy Ghost and tell them let me pray for you and God can deliver you right now. You've got to initiate the ministry and let God work with you to reach our lost, our lost world. 
In Luke chapter 7, a centurion was in desperate need. His servant was sick. Sent word to Jesus, Lord, my, my servant is sick. And Jesus said, I will come and I will heal him in your house. And on their way to the journey, the centurion heard Jesus on his way. And the centurion said, listen, Jesus, you don't have to go any further. You don't have to come to my house. All you have to do is speak the word, and I know my servant will be healed. Jesus didn't have to get there. All he had to do was speak the word. And at that moment he spoke the word, ministry began to happen in the house. If you have the Holy Ghost residing on the inside of you, you can take authority in the middle of Home Depot. You can be in the electrical department of Home Depot and you can meet an old friend you graduated with or someone you know and they have a frown on their face and you start talking to them and you realize you feel the grip of God. You feel the sorrow in their life and right there in Home Depot you can take that holy hand that you raise on Sundays and you can put it on a head or on a shoulder and you can pray in Jesus' name and you can release that person right there but you've got to initiate the ministry in your life. You can see miracle signs and wonders, uh, not simply on Sunday, uh, but you can be in the grocery store, ladies or men or whoever's out there, and you can be in the grocery store, uh, and you can feel the pull of God, uh, and you can look at that lady, look at her turnips and her potatoes and her tomatoes, and say, hey, uh, the Lord wants you to know that he loves you very much. Uh, let me tell you something. Each of us uh, have the power to initiate ministry. Uh, your ministry is not your pastor alone, uh, but your ministry uh, is the Holy Ghost that God has given you to reach your world. But you have to initiate it. You have to step out of your comfort box of I'm going to go through my life and I'm just going to be me my whole life. I'm just going to walk and do my chores and do my thing. Never bump into anybody. Never get a hold of anybody. Never see anybody else. And, and we just simply get through our life. You have to initiate contact with somebody today. Jesus said in John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these, everyone say greater works. Greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. That is a promise that Jesus gives to anyone that will believe and anyone that's willing to walk in faith in their world. Yes, call your pastor. Yes, call your elders. But with the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you, you can pray and things will happen right there. But you cannot be afraid to initiate and evoke the power of God in that situation right there. Jesus Christ gave us the example that we should follow. In Genesis chapter 3, we know that Adam and Eve sinned against God, and because of their sin, they broke off relationship with God. And, and although he used people through times through the Old Testament, Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and these, we, we know that the relationship that God originally had in the garden was broken, broken off through the sin of man. And God wanted to regain that relationship with us. 
those people that he loved dearly, God was hungry again to have that relationship open again. And because we couldn't go to him, he initiated contact with us. The Holy Ghost, the Bible says, overshadowed Mary. And she gave birth to the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, God wrapped in the flesh. And for the first time, the fullness of the Godhead was held in human arms. All of that because he first loved us. Jesus Christ initiated a relationship with us. He did not need us. Hello. He did not need us, but we needed him. We had nothing to offer him. We had nothing that he needed in this deal. We were all a broken mess. We were all spinning out of control. We were all lost in sin. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God commended his love towards us, and that while, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can I tell you that we write ourselves off all the time? Do you know that you're, you're, you are your own worst critic? You look in the mirror and you tell yourself all the things you can't accomplish because of what you've done. You look at all the things that you've done, even yesterday or last night, the things you've gotten yourself involved in. And we write ourselves off and say, you know, God can't use me because of this. God can't love me because of this. But I'm telling you, according to Romans chapter 5, that none of us have done things right. But God died for us and shed his blood because he does believe in you. And because he knows in spite of what you've done that the power of his blood can cover your worst failure and worst sin. And the reason he went to the cross is because he knows you can make it. And you can be an overcomer. And you can be victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 and 14, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. In other words, what he's saying is because of this, you will affect the people you come in contact with. You ought to affect the people. You shouldn't affect or infect, what do you want to call it? <laughs> you should be, have an impact on people that you come in contact with because you are the salt and you are the light. The worst thing for salt is for the salt to lose its savor. According to chemists, salt will not lose its savor with age, but rather salt, the savor of salt is lost through mixture and through contamination. This world, folks, needs to come in contact with a holy church. A church that believes in standards of righteousness and pure living. When a church stays committed to its sanctification and to its, its convictions and continues to be led by the Spirit, it will in turn bring hope to a darkened world. However, a church that lessens its convictions to be less offensive in this modern age. A church that compromises its image to appear less than apostolic is a church that has lost its savor. Jesus said when a church or when salt loses its savor, it is good for nothing. 
Can I tell you today, sweet people, Grace Apostolic Church, you do not need to apologize for what you are. Your friends have hope because of what you are. You are holy unto God. You are a difference maker. You just be apostolic in your world. I don't care how dark this world gets. I'm telling you, they need the light of God. They need someone with salt in their spirit. They need someone that's unapologetic about the lifestyle that you live today. And if you'd be unapologetic, they'll see a difference in you. They'll see a power that radiates on the inside of you. Jesus was a holy God from the beginning of time. God was holy. God wrapped himself in flesh and he made contact with a broken world. Now, God didn't compromise his holiness when he became flesh. He didn't become less holy because he ate lunch with publicans and sinners. He wasn't less holy than what he was in the beginning simply because he took on flesh. But he took on flesh to initiate contact with people that needed him in their life when he came. How Jesus was with people. The people that he ate with. The people he touched and he allowed to touch him. Totally turned the concept of holy living upside down for these Pharisees and these Sadducees. They could not comprehend a man holy like he was, willing to get in the trenches with people that were dirty and people that were sinners. They couldn't stand the fact that Jesus ate with publicans and sinners. In Luke chapter 7, verse 39, we find that Jesus is invited to a house of a Pharisee. And while they're sitting there eating their meal, a woman from the city comes in. She stands behind Jesus, and she has an alabaster box in her hands. At the minute of the meeting, she falls down at the feet of Jesus. She, she begins, she break opens the box. She washes his feet with her tears and begins to dry his feet with the hair on her head. And through all of that... The Pharisee has one thing to say. If this man was a prophet, he would know what type of woman she is that touches him. For she is a sinner. If he was really holy, he would say, stay as far from me as you can, sinner woman. Because that was their concept of being holy. Pharisees and Sadducees had an understanding that their holiness was something they needed to protect from all the sinners in the world. I can't go here. I can't go. I'm going to bump into somebody and I'm going to be contaminated by their sin. And so they thought their holiness was something they needed to protect, and it is. This, you should protect your holiness. That you protect it by what you allow to come into your spirit. That's how you protect your holiness. It's what you watch and what you listen to. 
That protects your holiness, not the, not the people you're trying to reach. You're, you're, you're losing out what holiness is. The only reason we have holiness is to help reach someone else that's not holy. And if we lose our holiness by compromising, we have not brought them anywhere. We're just walking along the journey with them, going nowhere. But if you realize I'm holy, I'm sanctified, I'm blood-bought, I can reach for the lost and realize them being lost is not going to affect my walk with God. I used to sit at Ram's Horn with four or five guys. That's back when you could smoke in a, in, a, in a restaurant. I'd sit at the same table, man. I grew up with asthma. It didn't affect me, but guess what I'm doing? I realize their cigarette smoke is not going to affect my walk with God. But that I am a light and I'm a salt anywhere I go. If I could, I could easily say, you know what? I, I can't sit with you guys because you guys, you guys smoke your cigarettes and you guys are talking about things I don't do. And I could have separated myself. But what good is that if we separate ourselves from the people that need our help? One of those is Brandon Major. Aren't we glad for the Major family? Sitting there smoking cigarettes. I didn't care. It wasn't affecting me. But I realized the only, the only reason God gave me the Holy Ghost and my holiness is that I might wear off on them. Oh, I could just meddle here for a little while. But, but see, they thought that it, 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 my holiness is I can't, I can't, I got to protect my holiness. But the Pharisees and Sadducees and we got to be careful because that same spirit can live in the church. They took it to such an extreme that they refused to make contact with anyone who wasn't just like them in fear of picking up their sin. Now, we know we're in flu season. What do you do? You wash your hands. Wash it. you, you got to sing happy birthday twice. You know, if you wash your hands that long, I'm like, man, I just... I, 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 Wash your hands is enough, and now you got to sing Happy Birthday twice while you're doing it. You know, 20 seconds or however long they say it. Wash your hands. I get that on the surface of your skin. You have disease, and you have sickness, and you want to wash your hands. But if our, our spirit on the inside is every time we talk to a sinner, we're somehow washing our spiritual hands because I don't want to get that, that lifestyle on me. Don't, don't you trust the Holy Ghost, folks? Since when does the Holy Ghost begin become so sickly and so, so ineffective uh, uh, that we're afraid that, that if someone's living a certain lifestyle and I get close to them, that all of a sudden that, that lifestyle is going to wear off on me and I jump back into my comfortable box? Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ gave you power for every generation that no matter what that generation faces, guess what? There's an ample supply of Holy Ghost power that can break that sin. Listen, the church isn't sickly. The church isn't a baby. The church is a mature powerful entity in our world but we've got to get out there and make contact with as many people as we can they didn't want to touch people they didn't want to be too close to the sinners hence why Jesus had to tell the story of a good Samaritan because the Pharisees and Sadducees they were religious yet they were out of reach and out of touch for everyone that needed them What, what good is it, that won't be too much longer, what good is it if we have salvation and we have revelation and we are full of the Spirit of God and we dance and we shout on Sunday and we live holy, but anytime we walk past a stranger, we put our eyes to the side because we don't want to talk to the person we're coming across? Don't tell me you guys don't do this or have done this in the past because I've done it. In fact, 
it was just this week. Come out of a place my daughter was at, and I, lady was coming down the sidewalk, and I was going to walk past her, wasn't going to say anything, and she said, hey, how are you doing? And I convicted my spirit. Hence why I'm preaching this today, because I preach myself before I preach to anybody else. But it's very easy. You, you want to know what the, the greatest tool for anti-socialism is? It's your phone. Brother, Brother Matt, come up here. Let's. This is a very, stay right there. This is a very common, this is a very common thing. All of, all of us people that like to stay in our, our safety zones, praise God for the cell phone. It's our world away from everybody else. I don't need to talk to people. I, can, I got this all day long, and I can just look at this. And I see a guy approaching me. Now, this is a soul that, that God wants to save. Now, I'm not saying that you have to sit there and say, can I give you a Bible study? But I'm talking about connecting with people in their eyes and looking at them. And seeing that as a person. You don't know what door a smile can do, can open up for you. You don't, you don't know what it means when he's had a bad, I don't know what he's going through. And I'm a stranger. Now, I'm not talking, again, I said this this morning to our, our leadership meeting. I'm not talking about stranger danger and being weird about it. But I'm talking about if it's me and him. Now, we know people, you, you'd be in the church. You'd be going down a hallway and someone from your own church will look away. Folks, what is that? It, it, it's, a, it's a lack, it's a disconnecting, it's not being, it's not being a socially ready for a door to open up. It may be Sister Bonnie, Sister Bonnie and I just look away. I may say, hello Sister Bonnie, that's as simple as that, it may brighten her day. I'm, I'm not saying I brighten anyone's day, I'm saying but someone has got to make eye contact, folks. You got to see the, what color are your waitress's eyes, what color are your waiter's eyes. Just make eye contact, you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside. And there's a propensity for us to look away. It's like this, I see a guy coming, oh man. So what is he, we're walking. All of a sudden I got a phone call, hey, what's going on? No one's calling me, I'm just, I'm just acting like I am. Or I'm checking my scores and I just walk past a moment of ministry. A moment, and you folks, don't tell me I'm the only one that's ever done that. Or didn't talk to him or I looked away. I had a perfectly good option to just say, hey, how are you doing? That's it. Wow, was that amazing? Was that, was that a life-changing? No, it wasn't. But guess what? I made contact with humanity. If G Jesus didn't come to this earth for him to sit in his own little bubble of 12 other guys and say, folks, we're going we're we're to change this world. No, he actively got into the trenches. He actively pulled up to a lunch table where publicans and sinners were. He went through, if he was in high school, he would have gotten to where some kids that are the outcasts, he would have sat right with them when all the jocks and populists went, why is he hanging out with them? Listen, there's nothing more powerful than a, than a sophomore, a junior, or a senior in a high school that knows what he is and is not afraid of what people think of him, but he's reaching for souls that no one else cares about, but he loves them because he knows that Jesus Christ loves them too. This week, this week, would you work on making eye contact? This week, I know it's hard for some people, some people go, oh, you're already, getting, you're already getting stuff in your stomach saying, oh, I can't do that. If you're walking down a sidewalk and someone else is walking their dog, and you're walking, would you just say hello? You say hola, whatever, whatever, whatever the whatever situation fits, hola, hello, you know, German for hello, what is it, Brother Brad? Good, good, good morning. Good morning. Tag? Just hi. Just let's work as a church that's got the Holy Ghost trying to reach a lost and broken world, that we'd get our focus off the corner of the room because we don't make eye contact, that we just look at people like Jesus looked at people and love people, but you got to initiate the contact. 
Because our world isn't used to someone just saying hi out of the blue. This has changed the dynamics of how people hang out and how people live and how people think. Every day, disconnected tool that we all use that can keep you from making initial contact with somebody on the sidewalk, wherever we're. Now, this is a very simple, con- I may have preached for 35, 40 minutes, babe. She always usually knows how long I preach for. 40 minutes! Just to say this last thing. Don't let this destroy an opportunity for you to make contact with somebody. Because you'd rather, you're sitting in a restaurant. You look around, you just do it one time. Look around. Just put your phone down, look around. See how many people in the whole place. Waiter, waiter asks you for what you want. I'll take a beef, uh, you know, thank you. Diet Coke. And we've not even looked at the waiter. We don't even know what his name is. Finally, I want to close with this. In Luke chapter 15, verse number 1 through 3. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, Now, he speaks one parable, but he uses three examples. Now, of all these examples that are used in the parable, there's one parable that shines the greatest, and we love to preach on it. It's the, the parable of the prodigal son. What an amazing story it is. Prodigal son leaves, he gets himself in a mess, and he realizes, I'm not where I should be. He came to himself, he goes home, the father greets him, they have a party, praise God for the prodigal moments, right? We love those stories. But, Jesus told two other examples besides the prodigal story one. One was a lost sheep. And the other was a lost coin. The Bible says, which of you having, one, having 99 sheep, one goes astray? Are you not going to go and search for that lost one? And when you find that lost sheep, you bring it back rejoicing, saying, rejoice with me, for the sheep that was lost is now found. Or a woman having coins. When she loses one coin in the house, makes an effort and sends out a search party to sweep the house. And when she finds the one lost coin, she says, rejoice with me for I found that coin that was lost. I made that statement to say this. For every one prodigal that comes back on his own, there are two stories of people that you have to go out and search for. If we're hoping to build our church... Simply on the fact, oh God, send the prodigals back home. And guess what? Praise God for what's happening in the Curtin family. What's happening in the stories of a family that we, that we love very much and seeing them come back and see God do. For every one of those, however, there are two stories that the church is required because the sheep will not find its way back. And that coin wouldn't have found its way back in the coin purse. It needed someone to set out a search party and to initiate reaching them that are lost. In other words, the Lord told that story to tell the church, I'm putting the ball in your court. Who's in your Rolodex on your phone that you haven't talked to in a while? 
Who is it that aren't coming back? Who is it that's so far in sin and you think you're going to write them off? But God is saying, listen, for every one prodigal I send back, there's two people that I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting for you to initiate the search party. I'm waiting on you for, to, to initiate the prayer. And say, oh, God, give us power and strength that we might go find someone that is lost. Because Jesus initiated contact with us that we might bring forth fruit. Let's all stand. Please do not just look past the story of the talents. <clears throat> the good men gave one man five talents, two talents, and one talent. When he came back, five made five more, two made two more. But the one talent buried it in the earth and did nothing with it. Because he did nothing with the talent he was given, the Lord took that from him to give to somebody else. Could it be that our lack of reaching and doing anything with the Holy Ghost on the inside of us could cause us to lose what God has given us? I'm not going to tell you that soul winning is the only way to get to heaven, but I think it's a pretty big deal. I think the joy, the power, the, what, what he gives us when you feel that dynamic outpouring of God's spirit and we have it bubbling over and we go into a restaurant and we don't even have a moment of ministry for anybody there. I'm not saying it has to happen every time. But I'm telling you, folks, the church does not grow on what happens here on Sundays. It happens throughout the week of us initiating contact with someone that needs you today. Behind our screen, we have waters for baptism. We know that being baptized in Jesus' name is the way, the only way, to have your sins remitted for the remission of sins. I accept Jesus. I'm so glad he's my Savior. I'm so glad for what he did. But guess what? That accepting does not save me. That, didn't, that, does not, that has not get, brought me to the water, has not brought me under the blood, has not sealed me to the Spirit. Accepting is a great start. But you've got to be obedient to what the Word of God says. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name for the washing away of your sins. And you need to pray and receive the Holy Ghost, which is the seal of God's promise on you, the earnest of our inheritance. It starts with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and you will speak in tongues. Today, that still happens in our church. And if you want an experience that you've never had before, today is your day. We're going to open up these altars today, and I, I just wonder if, 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 if you don't need the Holy Ghost, you don't need to be baptized, that's fine, but I just pray that a, that a spirit of burden would grip us today. That, Lord, I've got to make contact with someone in my school, and my work. I've been, I, I've, been, I've been walking around my eyes at the floor too long, Lord, and now I want to start looking for someone. I can make a difference in today. Let's open these altars. Let's love God for a Let's come down and love God for a little while. Lord, make me an instrument of you that you can use today, Jesus. Thank you again for joining us here at Grace Apostolic Church. Hopefully this message spoke to you as it did for many others. Grace Apostolic Church is a church family that you can be a part of. If you would like to connect to the church, the best way would be to visit our website at gacclawson.org or visit one of our services. Our service times are Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m. For more information, you can go online at gacclawson.org. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.